And this is Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM, and we have another clue for our quiz. Yes, indeed. This is our Who Am I? And uh, our first clue, I think, I think I'll mention it again. Second Timothy tells us I was opposed by Janus and Jambres. Two guys. I have no idea who they are. I mean, they might not even be guys. I have no idea. They could be girls or goats or something. I've got no idea what that is. I think they're dudes. Okay. They they sound Nordic, don't they? Yeah, I think Are there any is. Nordic people in the Bible whatsoever? Probably. Yeah, okay. All right. Who am I? Clue number two. I named my son Gershom, saying, I have become an alien in a foreign land. Lyle looks confused. I'm very happy about that. Oh, I'm so close. Uh, how about you not? Because you're not even there. <laughs> Give uh, us a call if you're the answer. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us. 0491-064-669. Today's prize is a copy of the Ministry of Healing. Of course, if you'd like to text your answer, just to have a gloat that you got it before Lyle, feel free to do so. Just let us know that you don't want the prize and we'll just have a chuckle at Lyle's expense. <laughs> anyway, moving on with our Bible study for today, we have been talking <laughs> yeah, about culture. And of course, we had Neil Thompson on earlier talking about... Such a good uh, interview. Yeah. I really want to read that book now. What was it called again? Uh, ooh, where was it? It was right here. It was called Culture by Design Matters Something or Other. And I, I think that's a really good point. I think we do need to take control of the culture that we're in at any any point to make sure it is a culture of excellence. Yep. It's not like culture happens by accident. Culture happens by what we do. And therefore, we we have the capacity to change it. To change culture, one. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there are some things that we need to change about our culture. There are other things that we don't need to change about our culture. It's interesting that when you take a person out of their culture, how much a person can struggle depending on how big a cultural shift they make. Yeah, culture shock, right? Culture shock is a is a real thing. It is a big thing, and it can take a generation to get over. Mm. And there are some people. Uh, some cultures, I guess, that seem to be more adaptive to different cultures and some that are a lot less adaptive to different cultures. And so, for instance, you'll find that, uh, um, well, just as this is my experience from my, from my observation, from my opinion, I find that people who come from a Filipino culture adapt quite well to Australian culture, whereas um, some other cultures really struggle to adapt. Why do you find that? I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I kind of think it might be because they see Australia as a promised land. So when they get here, they're just delighted to be here. Yeah, because it's a step up from yeah. yeah. Are they third world country, Philippines? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A developing yeah. country. Yeah, I think if you if you take a step up, it's always better than taking a step across or. A but step there's, down. there's some cultures that there's some cultures that come across from a developing country that really struggle. That's and you, true. You know, actually, if you yeah. have a, um, you know, if you marry someone from that culture and you bring them to this culture. They are their, their family ties are so incredibly close, mm-hmm. and the way they live is so intertwined. Everything is so intertwined that um, it, they really struggle. You know, it's very much a, a relational culture, um, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, you know I they have really, really close, tight knit family ties. You know, we are very independent in the West. Mm. Uh, if we, you know, once our children reach their 20s, we expect them to leave home and go and make their own way in life. Mm-hmm. And our children, you know, particularly millennials and, and Generation Z and so forth, typically they're going to travel the world, they're going to experience different cultures, they're going to live in different countries, they're going to move from one job to another. That's just the culture that they have, which is quite different from my culture, which is Generation um, X, X-Gen, or a boomer culture. 
uh, which is older than me again. And um, but that's that's what we see with it. Whereas in other cultures, I see you know the family lives together, and, and then they and then they get married, and you know they're living next door, and they're living in each other's pocket, and the family, the whole family, is raising the children. You know, if I tried to do that, it would be such a massive culture shock. It would tear my family apart. Okay. My family could not survive that kind of an experience. And yet some parts of the world, if they don't, if you take them out of that and they become separated from their family, it just becomes... They lose their footing. Yeah, yeah. They lose their footing. They lose their identity. They don't know who they are. They're all at sea in the world. It's just interesting. I wonder what the Filipino culture is in that, in that regard then. I don't know. I maybe, don't know. maybe. I'm, 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 and I'm just. I'm it's just, an interesting because now that you've said that, I do kind of see that as well. But maybe, I don't know, maybe Filipinos are just. Because they're such happy, jolly people, aren't they? They are. With a little bit of cheekiness thrown in for good measure. Maybe, they're, maybe they, their they good spirit are. just yeah, yeah, sings yeah. them through. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good description. That's a really good description. <laughs> yeah, we love Filipinos. Absolutely. Maragang or maga, any of you Filipinos who are listening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that means good morning. <laughs> I hope so, anyway. <laughs> Unless you someone cheeky Filipino has taught me something naughty. <laughs> you may have said a bad word on the radio, Mom. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, but it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you sort of, you, you sort of, you, you wonder, you know, if you, if you took somebody out of their culture, how, how long they would survive. And then, of course, you get some cultures where the culture is a part of the religion, mm. which is a part of the family. And those ties are all equally strong. Yeah, which is incredibly challenging. You find that you know, particularly within, say, for instance, um, Islamic culture. Yeah, where you have incredibly strong family ties, and you have incredibly strong religious ties. Have you ever had culture shock? Well, oh yeah, mild culture shock. You mm-hmm. travel to another country, it's like yeah, this is pretty different. Yeah. But never culture shock where I've felt depressed. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Well, there's been times where I'm like, yeah, I'm over this place. Let get me out of here. Yeah. But uh, I think you know it's temporal, so it's not like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If I was living there, I might struggle with it a lot more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It might be harder to deal with. But hey, I'm not living there. It's I'm only going to be there for a short period of time, and so it's like ah, whatever. Just enjoy it and soak it up and and go for it. Yeah. Let's go over to. Uh, let's go over to. Acts chapter 15. Acts, Acts chapter 15, 15, because here what they are dealing with is Gentiles converting to Christianity for the first time and bringing their culture with them. Acts chapter 15 is what we are going to read. And so um, in the early church, they sat down, they had a church council to find out you know, what was a part of being a Christian versus what was part of your culture and so you know for instance the greeks who were being converted what was it that they actually had to get rid of and what was it that they had to accept and what was it that they didn't have to worry about and of course you know circumcision was at the center of this discussion acts chapter 15 mon can you write to us for, for can you read for us can i write to you i can yes, write to you if i just you read the first line of the verse <laughs> can you read to us yeah radio doesn't quite work like that but anyway <laughs> Acts chapter 15, verse 20, please. Uh, Verse 19 and 20. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. 
For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. Okay, we're going to stop there. Um, great passage right here. They're writing to the Gentiles and say, okay, okay, guys, you don't have to accept Jewish culture. You can maintain your Greek culture or Roman culture or whatever kind of culture it is that you have. However, there are some things that are a part of Christianity that have to remain a part of Christianity. They're non-negotiables. These are Mm -hmm. non-negotiables. And idolatry is a non-negotiable. You can't serve God and another God. That's kind of counterintuitive. You can't, you know, if God is God in your life, then there is no other God. It's just that simple. Yeah. Because He is number one. And if you want to be a Christian, you can't really be a Christian. Like you can be a, a Gentile and a Christian, but you can't be a Christian worshiping other idols. No, not yeah. at all. You yeah. can't uh, because other idols. That's just you know manifestations of Satan and his angels and demons and so forth. And you can't worship Satan and Jesus at the same time. That's what they're saying here in this passage. Uh, it goes on and it mentions that they stay away from sexual immorality. And so this is a direct reference. Both of these first two statements here are a direct reference to the Ten Commandments, quoting from the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any carved images. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. These are all of the, all of the from the commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Um, so basically the Ten Commandments. And then it goes on because this is a short summary. And it continues two other things uh, in the end of verse 20 there, Mon. What have you got? Uh, um, they sh- uh, shall abstain from eating the meat of strangled animals and from consuming blood. Which is a little bit uh, gory, meat of strangled animals and blood. It makes them sound sort of vampirish. Yes, and so the culture was, you know, in the world at that particular time, they would often strangle an animal rather than cut its throat and let it bleed to death so that the blood would actually stay on the inside and they could eat the congealed blood. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so they'd eat the, uh, and that would add flavour to the meat. Gross. And God's like, don't do this. This is an unhealthy practice. Mm-hmm. Don't be going eating eating blood. Blood is where the disease is. You want to drain that stuff out when you butcher an animal. And modern so, science has proved yeah, that over right. and over again. And so basically what you've got there is a summary of the Ten Commandments and the health laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things that as a Christian you need to follow. There are going to be other things that are going to be part of your culture that you are free to go and, you know, deal with as a part of your culture what are what are some parts of australian culture that are very positive go on the beach mate absolutely straya day <laughs> straya day down at the beach being a bogan we should call it bogan day yeah. <laughs> mate day yes uh, may 8 uh other australian culture uh i think a number of our public holidays are really really positive parts of our culture. Yeah. Uh, we had a public holiday. What was it? Yesterday, the Queen's birthday, where we where we celebrate the Queen's birthday. That's great. There's yeah. nothing in the Bible about celebrating the Queen's birthday. There is nothing in the Bible about um, commemorating Anzac, Anzac Day. Yeah. There's nothing in the Bible about having Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Although that's an American thing, Lyle. Yeah. Even the Feast of Purim that we were talking about earlier during um, the earlier quiz is not a biblical, no, it's not a part of one of the laws of no. Israel. It was a part of uh, Jewish culture. Yeah. And it was fine. And so it's a, it's, and, and, you know, um, it's a fine thing to do. It's like, yes, go ahead and be a part of all of these things because they are a part of culture. 
That's right. Uh, if they're a part of your culture and if they're a part of somebody else's culture, go and join them for it. Yeah, exactly. Join in the fun. Yep. You know, I'm married to an American, so we have Thanksgiving as the best thing ever. It is really great. You have, you have like, pies and pies. And more pies. And pies. It's like, pies. Why, 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 why would you not want to have Thanksgiving, you know? <laughs> I think all Australians should adopt um, Thanksgiving Day. I'm, I'm a big advocate for it. Maybe we should make Australian Thanksgiving on May 8th, seeing as we can't seem to get Australia Day moved there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Make it the Australian what Thanksgiving Day. What are you grateful Day. for? Your mates? You have your mates yeah, around yeah, eat pie? Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. so into this. Yep. 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 We need to make May 8th a, big, a bigger thing. Australia has a great culture. And, it, and just because, you know, someone becomes a Christian doesn't mean that we need to abandon no. all aspects of Australian no. culture. There are certainly some aspects of Australian culture which should be left behind, like one of binge drinking. Yes. Not a great culture. We do have an alcohol culture, culture which is very, very detrimental to our country. You have many countries in the world where nobody drinks. Mm-hmm. You have many countries in the world where they drink moderately, which is still not as good as the countries where, you know, the, the policy that they don't drink. Australia has a problem with alcohol. We need to recognize the fact that we have a problem with alcohol and we have a problem with gambling. These That's are right. not yep. positive things. No. These are a part of our culture that we should get rid of. Yep, absolutely. And you're going to find this in every culture. There are some things that are good, some things that are bad. In a study guide here, it mentions a couple. In one ancient culture, it was deemed a man's responsibility to eat the corpses of his dead parents. Ew. Yeah, not going there. Not going to happen. In another, a man who wanted a bride had to bring her father a dowry of shrunken heads from a rival tribe. No, not good. Okay, so, you know, very, very clearly, I think this is very, very obvious when, you know, culture becomes... Goes wrong. Culture goes wrong. Yeah. And the Bible is above culture. The Bible supersedes culture. um, And God's word is what we need to be following rather than just following along with the culture that we have. Can I just say... Just back to the Australian culture. I would love to see our country do a one-year experiment where the entire population said, you know what, we're not going to drink any alcohol for a year and we'll see what the stats say. Oh, man. On January 1st of the following year. It would be just so life-changing. Uh, that criminality would, would oh. plummet. Abuse would plummet. The, the health system. Of everything. The, the, the hospitals would have half of their beds empty. Yeah. We'd be putting doctors and nurses out of work. Ambulance drivers and police officers would just be sitting around twiddling their thumbs eating donuts. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we'd have to have a, uh, a major health... We, well, the hospital beds wouldn't empty out because um, too many people would be eating donuts. Yeah. <laughs> we'd have to have a major health campaign to save, <laughs> save the police from their donuts. No. Anyway, sorry, let's think, get back. I don't think... I was just thinking actually. how wonderful it would be if you could change culture en masse like that. Just say, all right, Australia... Let's just call it a dry year. 2020 is a dry year. Can you imagine if we yeah. had the capacity to... Oh, it would that'd be, be so great. phenomenal. Oh. It would be absolutely But it, that phenomenal. also tells us how hard it can be to change a culture. Yeah, but what I think is interesting, getting back to Acts chapter 15, mm. is just how little they asked the Greeks yeah, to change. that's right. You know? Very, very little change that they actually called for here. It was basically Ten Commandments and Health Laws, and we're good. Which is quite a stark difference to what we talked about yesterday with the missionaries. That's that right. Go and the missionary culture, which still exists to a certain extent, we want to go as Westerners to a different country and make them Western. Yep. It's not what it's about. Nope. Um, it is, you know, very much not what it's about. It's interesting because uh, I think it's in Iran where they did the research of uh, people who become Christians. Okay. 
and they found that um, when they extracted people from Islam, uh, and, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some, some some stuff here. It's going to be super controversial. Go on. They extract people from Islam, mm-hmm. baptize them as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that then comes along with a whole lot of Western culture. Just automatically happens. Because if you go to into a church, a Christian church in Iran, you're going to find it much, much like any, you know, um, a lot like any Western church. Yeah. Are, you, yep. are you crocheting one of those little skull caps? No, I'm, I'm making a beanie because I remember how I said it was me a daisy for this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Costume party. I'm crocheting so, a beanie. So Mon always crochets you and she was just trying something on her head for size. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just measuring my head. So, yeah, go on. <laughs> but, um, okay. And then they did research on what the results were. Really? Yes. A third of all people who came out of Islam and became Christians immigrated out of the country. Oh, really? A third of them went back to Islam uh-huh. and their families. Uh-huh. And a third of them went insane. Wow. That's because the culture is so steeped in the, the religion. The culture and the religion was, are so intertwined with each other. Culture... Religion, nationality, and family so deeply, deeply intertwined with each other that those were the results. It like, it like almost, I don't want to say it attacks their identity, but it would have... Oh, it just, it just yeah. completely... Um, Liberates their identity. Just, just dip, obliterates their identity. They're complete, and this is, why, this is why a third of them that stuck with it went insane. Yeah. You know, they've got no family, they've got no identity, they've got, they've got nothing. Wow. It's um, it's pretty full on. Isn't I guess it? that's why it's so hard to minister to. Yeah, and, and that's why um, a lot of ministry in these kind of countries these days has become ha- has looked at and gone. You know what? This is ridiculous. There are many things about you know the culture and even the religion that are not wrong. Let's minister to them within their culture. Yeah. And so. You know, they look at the culture. Okay, Muslims believe in Jesus Christ. There's nothing nothing wrong with talking about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe that Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, they d- believe that Jesus is Messiah. They believe that Jesus is Savior. They're looking at you know all of these kind of things. And so, what's been happening is that they've been starting Christian mosques. Wow, nice. Praise and so the they Lord. just maintain the culture because what they noticed was that within Islam. As within Christianity, there are many different flavors. Mm-hmm. So they just created a new flavor of Islam. Islam means surrender. That's nice. That's what the word means. It means surrender to God. That's the foundation of Christianity. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And they're like, well, why would we change the name? It's a great name. So they keep the name. They only do away with those things that are obviously, um, you know. Opposed to the Bible. Very much yeah. opposed to the Bible and opposed to, to serving God. And maintain those things that there is really no no issue with, and that way people are like, oh, you're going from this mosque to that that mosque. Who cares? Yeah, and I I, I do think there's going to be a lot of um, stick in the mud Christians who don't have a big issue oh, with that. The, I, you you watch the phone lines light up now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but my like, question is this: my question is this. Okay, there's a lot of things that take place. For instance, if you listen to the Islamic prayers mm. and if you translate those into English, they're beautiful prayers. Yeah, they are. And, and you know, certainly they're ritualized and all the rest, but they're actually beautiful prayers. And uh, I could pray one of those prayers. You know, it's just like saying Allah Akbar. Yeah. You know, we, we, we you know, 
sort of make jokes about it on occasions and that kind of thing, you know, with the terrorists and so forth. But uh, it's just saying God is great. I agree with that. I'm happy to say that. I'd say it with, with, with pride. You know, God and as it says right here in verse 19, we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. You know, why should we create more stumbling blocks and stepping stones for people to come to God? God didn't create any stepping stones of that number. So we need to be following God's example and making it easy as possible without compromising, of course. <laughs> My 
You're listening to Sila um, with It Is Well With My Soul here on Faith FM. Yeah, let's see you pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, well, I just read that on the screen and gone, yeah, no, I'll just, It Is Well With My Soul. We know what we're talking about. Well, it's actually a, a, a um, mashup song, Passing Night, Gentle Saver. Yeah. And it starts off in another language, so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I won't force you to pronounce it. Uh, but I will force you to try and answer this quiz because you still haven't got it right, Lyle Southwell. Who am I? Michael the Archangel disputed with the devil about my body. Mm-hmm. 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 That makes it easy. Does it? Does it? Yeah, Lyle's got it right. If you know the answer, give us a call right now. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. And win yourself a copy of The Ministry of Healing. Really beautiful book. Okay, so we've been talking about culture. What an important subject to talk about and one that is so close to, probably closer to all of our hearts and our minds than what we give it credit for. Yeah. Uh, and something we probably, yeah, we, we, we act on more than what we actually realize we're acting on. We're particularly talking about Islam and how embedded Islamic religion is into culture, which is embedded into family, which is embedded into, you know, sort of every fabric of every part of the fabric of many of these societies, which is why it is so challenging for people to move from Islam to another religion. And how that there is a massive movement around the world with, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have just simply formed another form of Islam, which is um, a form of Islam that worships Jesus Christ. Amen. And, uh, and and places him, you know, first and foremost. And uh, and really, Islam is just another name. It just it simply means surrender. It's just another way of meeting people where they're at. Yeah, submission, yeah. submission or surrender. The same mm-hmm. same thing. And uh, and ministering to people within their culture rather than extracting them from their culture. Um, and it's been tremendously successful. And we need to be praying for these uh, for these for these groups of people around the world who you know they go go to the mosque on Sabbath rather than a church on Sabbath. Anyway, let's uh, have a look at some other Bible passages here for a moment and look at how culture impacted uh, various circumstances. Let's go to First Kings chapter eleven and verse one to three, please, Mon. Oh, we're going way back. First Corinthians. We could go to Genesis sixteen. First Corinthians or First Kings? You just said both. First Kings. Chapter. 11. And verse? 1 to 3. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Naughty King Solomon. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidom, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to the gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. Okay, there's an interesting passage. A thousand women, that's not going to be a happy situation. In what way did culture impact family life in this example? Well, Well, he turned them away from the Lord. Okay, so here's their first thing when it comes to culture and, of course, Cross-cultural marriages can be a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I can testify to that because I have a cross-cultural marriage and it's just fun, you know, um, incorporating other people's culture into your life. Mm. But at the same time, they can be a trap and they were a trap for Solomon. Why were they a trap for Solomon? 
Well, because they were steeped in religion, different religions. Okay, so you can religion. have a cross-cultural marriage, but you can't have a cross-cultural cross- religion. Yeah, no, you don't want that. No, you don't want to go there. Um, that's not going to work. What else was wrong with the culture in Solomon's time that led to this particular disaster? culture of the time? Yes, there was something I mean, very significant. Oh, having the, multiple wives. That's right. So yeah. kings in those days had very large harems. Yeah. And in those harems they would have, you know, it wasn't uncommon to have a thousand wives as Solomon has right here. Or 700 wives and 300 concubines, I should say. Uh, what's a concubine, Mon? Uh, I don't know, but the STDs are just on the top of my mind right now. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's disgusting. Um, concubines, they're like, they're like playthings for the king, but they don't actually get married. Like prostitutes, yeah, right? Well, no, kind of different because a normal person can have a concubine as well. Okay. Um, so it wasn't just kings who had concubines. So a concubine, if you are wondering, uh, is a... Basically, a mistress. Oh, okay. She is a woman that you cannot marry because of her social status. Oh, okay. So, if she is of a lower social status, then you can't marry her, but you fall in love with her, and so she becomes your concubine. Oh, great. All right. So, second-class wife. Okay. That's not nice at all. No, not nice at all. But super glad we turned away with concubines. So, there's a whole bunch of issues at stake right here. These particular, well, Solomon marries a whole bunch of women because that was part of the culture of the day. And the Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery. That means have one wife. Yes. Um, and so. Not thou shalt not have one wife, but thou shalt only have one wife. Only one wife. wife. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt only have one wife. Yeah. And so what you've got is the culture of the day has overshadowed the Bible and it has created disaster. Very much so. Then when he marries these other wives, they are not followers of God. And so their culture then overshadows the worship of God, which creates a disaster. You know, I'm actually a bit curious because it says 700 wives of royal birth. That means there's 700 different royal families out there. I'm guessing like if they're royal families, they're ruling over some sort of a land. Most lands come with their own religion. Does that mean he has like a mix-up of like almost 700 religions under his house? Um, probably not 700, but maybe somewhere near it. That's crazy. Yeah. And this is significant because, you know, obviously his wives and what he's doing here is making political alliances mm-hmm. uh, by marrying these women. And then there was another 300 concubines. They were just all the pretty ones who were not of royal descent. Therefore, they could not be his wife. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a it was a major problem. So the the first problem is the culture of the time meant that you know this is what kings did. The second problem was that um you know and of course you know Solomon wants to make alliances with all these countries, and that's going to bring peace to his kingdom. And he sees it as a good political move. And that was the way that alliances were made in those days. It's a bad move. He should have sent them a camel instead. Um. Yes, but did. Camels just wouldn't cut it back then. And Mon, if you'd have been born back then to royalty, then you would have had a duty to do, and that would have been to be married off to some person in a foreign country, you know. I would have taken that camel and done a runner. (laughs) I'm sure you would have done. (laughs) And I'm sure that there was a number of uh, ladies who did. Um, But it was. It was was seen that that was the duty, and that was what you were born for, that was what you were raised for, and that was what your purpose for if you were a princess. You were there to create money and wealth for the kingdom by being an ambassador in a foreign nation somewhere. 
Wow, suddenly being a princess doesn't seem that great. <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't want to be an ancient princess, not no. at all. Okay, okay. Um, and then, of course, um, they bring their religion in. That's a bad idea. So there's a whole bunch of I would have disasters. loved to have seen what could have happened in Solomon's reign if he had only followed God's um, leading and maybe tried to do diplomatic um, uh, endeavors without the use of, you know, adultery, essentially, and seeing how the Lord could have maybe blessed and changed the culture back then um, if he'd actually just followed the Lord's leading. Yeah, he could have started, an, he was he was big enough and powerful enough that he could have started a, a new, whole new culture. culture. Yeah, that's and right. A whole new culture, a whole new method of doing diplomacy that did not involve marriage. That could have been respectful to women. Yeah. It could have emancipated them. So much that Solomon could have done. What mm. a missed opportunity in the midst of uh, um, this entire situation. There are a number of other examples where culture comes unstuck. You know, you've got um, Abraham and Hagar, etc. Who, you know, Abraham does what he does with Hagar because it was the culture of the day, and what a bad idea that was. Mm. Anyway, we need to move on with our uh, program. We're going to listen to Anna Beaton, Better Day. <laughs>
but sail away to a better day. Fun for the kids these school holidays? Maitland Church is having its winter break frog fun day again for six to nine year olds. What do you mean, Frog Lyle? Is this a fun day for amphibians? No. Frog stands for fully relying on God, and this holiday's theme is Dare to Be Different. Activities include songs, Bible stories, crafts and snacks. This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, the 10th of July, starting at 9am. To register your kids, call 0411 The address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland. Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited. That number again, 0411 Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
That was Chelsea Moon with Take My Life here on Faith FM. We have come to question of the day time. And before we get into question of the day, we have another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us there, Mon? Quizly quiz, yes. Who am I? I chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Big decision. It was worth it, though. Got eternal life instead. Absolutely. A very, very wise investment on his part. It's called delayed gratification. Yes. An important skill for all to learn. A skill a lot of people don't have. Okay. Lyle. Question of the day. What have you got for us, Mon? All right. So this came up in mid-conversation uh, that I when I answered the phone last week here at the studio with one of our listeners. Um, and the question that came was, like, what does amen mean? Like, what's the definition? Why do we say it? Like, because I was saying it, I, in, I was agreeing with something that this listener was saying. I was like, oh, amen. And he was like, why do you say that? So go on, Lyle. Yeah, there's it a, a, it's a piece of Christian ease. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is that you'll find in some countries that have a very strong uh, Christian foundation, like for instance the United States, you will sometimes find secular people using this word, but here in Australia you'll pretty much just find Christians using the word. So the word amen means the same as struth. Okay. It does. No, it doesn't. So the Aussie word struth. You I know when Aussies say struth? Yeah, I mean, means exactly the same thing. I don't. No, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't. Uh-huh. No, it doesn't. Does. It Absolutely. does not. Uh, mm-hmm. Amen is now, an we agreement. Might, we might use the words truth differently, but they both have the same meaning. Okay, so let me uh, let me give you a little bit of background on the word amen. Um, it comes to us from Old English, and it came into Old English from Latin, and it came into Latin from Greek, and it came into Greek from Hebrew, and it's pretty much the same word in Hebrew. So it didn't really evolve much as it came down through. And it simply means it's truth. Ah. And truth is the Aussie way of saying it's truth. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Truth comes from God's truth, mm, which is actually why it's dip- blasphemous. No. Because someone would say, my dog got hit by a car, and you'd say, truth. You wouldn't say, amen, because amen would be like, yes, I'm so happy your dog got hit by a car. <laughs> like It doesn't mean the same Maybe thing. Maybe it was well. a dog that bites. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that you tried to make an Aussie version of this, but I don't think you're quite there. I, di- I disagree with your definition. Well, I disagree with yours. Anyway. So let's whatever. just pull the whole thing off. We, 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 will, uh, we will solve this problem. We will duke it out off, off air. air. <laughs> we, will, we will fight each other <laughs> off air and see who wins. Um, but yes, it simply means it's truth. So it's a solemn expression of belief or affirmation. Exactly, whereas truth would be like a, an That's expression right. of exclamation and what surprise. What I said now, remember what I said was, <laughs> we use the words truth differently, but they're both actually saying the same thing. It's okay. truth. So the culture has changed the definition the of truth. The culture has changed the definition. That's right. Okay, okay. Um, but really, that's when, when Christians say amen, it's a, uh, it's a positive and a solemn and a firm affirmation or agreement of belief. So nothing to be offended by. No, absolutely. Amen is a cool word. Somebody, if you're saying something and somebody says amen, that means that they really, really, really agree with you. So why do we stick it on the end of our prayers? It's because um, we are affirming everything that was said in the prayer as being um, appropriate and the right thing to say. Oh, amen. 
Yeah. See what I did there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, it's true. <laughs> okay, great. It's true. Do you have anything else to add to this? No, nope, that's it. Okay, great. Thank Very you. simple answer. <laughs> it is a simple one. It's nice, it's nice to have yep. a simple one every now and then. Thank you so much for answering that, uh, Lyle. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. That's 1-800-324-843. Uh, you can call us anytime. We would love to tell you uh, the answer to any question you have. Uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Dear God, we struggle, we grow weary, we grow tired, we are exhausted, we are distressed, we despair, we give up. Was the idea of North with the truth? Yes, <laughs> our producer is just on the money of the truth. 
Ah, uh, and so are our listeners loud because they called in and they were agreeing with me. Okay, now, for the record, <laughs> I did not say that we were using the word correctly. Okay, so originally truth meant God's truth, but did, it has we did, we did sort of morphed and now it's sort of like an expression of surprise. That's right. And shock and horror. I was not yeah. disagreeing with the fact that we use it as, a, as an expression of surprise. I was just saying this is what the definition of the word is. Okay. So the but definition th- of the word is basically the same. But at the end of your prayer, you can't go, a- and thank you for the food, truth. Like no one says. No. <laughs> Because you're sort of implying it's interchangeable, which it ain't. No, I was not <laughs> implying that at all. Anyway, we need to tell people about the giveaway. And if you want to get a freebie right now, give us a call. I was, I was implying that the actual definition for the word. Yes, thank you. I have God's 40 seconds to tell people about the freebie. One 3843 Give us Amen. a call. I've got 30 seconds to tell you about this book. It's called Image is Everything by Dustin Hall. Uh, this is a really good question. You know, asking yourself about, you know, who you are and where you're from, where are you going, how do you get there? All those kind of questions that are really important when considering the culture you're in. We talk a lot about culture today uh, in both our interview and our Bible study. Uh, Images Everything by Dustin Hall. You can get a free copy right here, right now. Just be the first person to call through on 1-800-FAITH-FM, which is 1-800-324-843. And even though Lyle was totally incorrect about the the question this morning, (laughs) he is generally correct about uh, Bible studies. So give us a call if you want to get a copy of his... Um, Bible studies, the prophetic code.